I'm thinking that we might have to we might have to start a second service just so I get to preach sometimes. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. I love what God does and what He's doing. Uh, I I don't like doing funerals, I, I, and I, and if I had a choice, I wouldn't do them at all. But to to be able to be uh, celebrate Carol's life. Uh, since I knew her and, and uh, uh, was, was, was really a joy and really an honor. And uh, there was just so much joy there that day and so much joy at the, even at the gravesite. And, and just even though there was grief, there was some sorrow expressed. But I, I just think there was this huge celebration of joy, which, of course, Carol would have just been all over and, uh, you know, and just enjoyed. And uh, I, I'm just really appreciative of, of of God for doing that for us that day, because it was it was it was a difficult moment, but it was also a joyful one. So, uh, I was talking to one of the uh, funeral directors, and and we were talking about funerals, and he said, you know, that the way funerals are they're just changing, and the way th- people do. And I said, yeah, I, I I really want mine to be different. And he asked me what I wanted as my funeral, so I told him, I said, I want a Viking funeral. I want to be put on a raft in the Hudson River and I want all my kids to shoot flaming arrows at it and start me on fire. And he's looking at me and he goes, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> and I, I just looked at him and said, I don't see why not. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for always, always, always being with us. Surrounding us with who you are and Surrounding us with your, your faithfulness, your love, your mercy, your kindness. And we could go on and on about all the attributes of, of your great heart towards us. And we, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for being with us right now. Right now. You're with us. The God of the universe is with us. Thank you for that kind and generous heart of you. So, Father, in the few moments that we, that we have left together for just for, for this particular moment, I, I ask you that, yes, you would empty me of me and fill me with your words, your heart, your spirit, so that I can possibly convey your great heart to all of us. I need you this morning. I need you always. But we want to give this moment to you as well as, an, as another way to worship you that the words that come out are your words, that the heart that comes out is your heart expressed, and that your spirit ministers to all of us just where we need to hear those words so that we can leave this place much different than when we entered because we've been touched by you. And we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, How many people... And I'm sure I'll get a good response for this. How many people have unfinished projects? Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. We have a few. We've, we, we, we got one done thanks to Dana. Dana, thanks to Dana. A huge bathroom remade. It's beautiful. He did a great job, awesome job. But we have others. And I'm sure you have others. And I think there's only really three ways... There are three ways to approach unfinished projects in our, in our lives. 
be their home improvement things or maybe some writing projects. I have lots of those. But there are usually three ways of, of approaching these unfinished things. And the first way is to ditch them completely. God bless you. Or was that an amen? I'm not sure. <laughs> because, you know, I find that to be the most appealing. You know, when I've had some projects that have been hanging around for a long time, and I'm saying, you know what, I could just really easily pretend they never existed. It never was a project. So you could just, you know, so one way is just to, to ditch it completely. The second way is to try to salvage the project. You know, kind of cut your losses and see if you could turn it into something else that's, you know, that works for you. So you can, and, and that doesn't appeal to me at all because that just sounds, you know, so much harder than just ditching it. And then the third way, it's probably the most effective way. <laughs> Call Dana. I let him finish the project for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to end a lot more than you do. No, no, no. And it's actually to finish the project. And you might have to call Dana or, or you know, someone who, for the particular project you might have, Dana might not be able to help. I'm not sure. But it's to finish the project. Because you know what? When we start these projects, every one of these projects had a purpose, right? They had a purpose. Did you know that God has projects? Yeah, God is working on us all the time. We are his projects. It says this, Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared, prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You're a real piece of work. I'm a real piece of work, just ask my wife, that I am, I, you know, we are all projects in different degrees of being finished off by God. And what a great thought that is, that we are his workmanship and nobody else's. We're not the world's workmanship. We're not our past workmanship. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus, Whoa, okay, we can stop right there. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. We heard a lot of that this morning, about our value, about our worth. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that were created way before time even began. God had a plan and a purpose for our lives. And that, to me, is extremely exciting. And, and, and truly life-giving about what God's plans and purposes are for us. And we know we're in this middle, well, maybe we're not in the middle anymore. I'm not even sure we were because we've missed about four weeks of our Let's Go sermon series, talking about the mission, the purpose, and the vision for bridge builders. But really talking about our own personal mission, purpose, for us, what God has for us. And so I, wanted to, I want to talk about purpose today because I think there, God was expressing that even while we were worshiping, sharing our hearts. So purpose could be defined as this. Purpose can be defined as direction, focus, 
motivation? Purpose answers this really important question that human beings have. Why am I here? Why am I here on this planet? Why am I here in this church? Why am I here in this community? Why am I here in in the particular family that I happen to be a part of? And purpose answers that question that almost, well, every human being has. Why am I here? What's my purpose? What was I designed for? What am I supposed to do with my life? Purpose answers those questions. But purpose is not without promise. Psalm 138.8 says this. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. Don't stop working on me, God. Don't stop. I love what the psalmist is praying here. He's saying, he goes, you know, please keep on working on me. Because it's your steadfast love endures forever. And, and because of that great love, your, your purpose for me is already done. It's already fulfilled because your hands are involved on me. You're working me according to your purpose and according to your plans. I love that prayer. And if we could grab a hold of that and get that in our spirit and get that in our mind... I think we would think a lot less of, of what our past says about us, the mistakes, the sin we, we committed, all the things that, team, that the enemy likes to bring up to us to, to devalue us. God speaks into us. Because, yeah, we were redeemed with a great price. And if we have been redeemed with a great price, we should understand what our value is to God. And understand that that value speaks purpose into us. And so if we have a purpose, then we are unstoppable. Unstoppable. Remember, God spoke to us in 2017. He says, do not be afraid of being powerful. Well, that message is still the same. We don't have to be afraid of being powerful sons and daughters of the Most High God because that is who we are if we've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We have purpose just in that alone. But God wants to speak greater purpose into us personally so that we understand where where we walk and where we go and what we speak and what we do has eternal purpose built into it. So that we make a difference wherever we go in this life. This is good stuff. Got to hear some amen soon, I'm hoping. <laughs> hoping. I hate when preachers do that. I just like to do it every once in a while. Philippians 1.6 says this, And I am certain that God who has begun the good work within you will continue His work until it is finally finished. On the day when Jesus Christ returns, God is committed to finishing us off. And God always finishes what He starts. Why am I here? Why am I here? Why are you here? Why is Bridge Builders here? 
you know, we, we, we stated we, we, years ago we made vision statements and um, purpose statements and mission statements for a reason. They kind of give us a, a platform, a foundation to understand what, what we mean as a community of believers together. And it's important to have that. And so BBC's purpose is this. We exist to know God and love people. We exist to know God and love people. Know God, love people is what we shorten it down to. But that's really who we are as human beings. We are created his, in his image. And we were created to know him. Every human being was created to know him. And because of our knowing him, we were created also to love the people, each other. It's, God has connected that intrinsically into that thing, a purpose. Knowing him, if you really, really know God, you will love people. I don't know because the scriptures say so. These are the core scriptures that we use for our, our purpose statement. It says, John 17, 3 is, and this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ who you have sent. And then we have 1 John 4, 8 that says this, but anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. So what I think these two scriptures scriptures kind of say to us is that not only does our life need to know God, that our our individual, the, the people that we are, we need to know God and we need to love people. We need we need this. But we need to understand that everybody that our life impacts is impacted by the way we know God. See, every every life that we have influence over, every opportunity that we have to influence someone around us, it would be every day working with someone or standing in the grocery line or whatever it is, they're impacted by the way we know God and love people. It's pretty sobering, isn't it? I bet you didn't realize you had that much impact. But you do. I do. It's why we need to know who God is. We need it for ourselves. We need personally to know this wonderful God of ours. To, to know Him on an, in an ongoing relationship. To be so connected to Him that we never doubt His goodness anymore. We need this. But every life that we impact, that we influence by coming in contact with them through our daily lives, they need it too. The way we know God affects them. And can I say the opposite? The way we don't know God affects them. This is why purpose is so important. To understand where our purpose is. Why we're here. Why we're here. The Greek word for know means to come to know something or someone through personal experience. It's an intimate-ish 
way of knowing someone or something. And since we live in the West, we got a lot of our, the way we know things by the Greek philosophy. We're heavily influenced by the Greek philosophy. And so a Greek way of knowing something uh, is based on mind, on, on concepts, on ideas, about principles even. It's just, you know, it's head knowledge. You know someone kind of intimately because you know about them. That makes sense? But when a Jewish mind read this scripture, they substituted a Hebrew word for know, and it's the word yada. Okay? And this word means not only do I know someone through my mind, through ideas and concepts and, and those kind of things, I know them with my emotions and I know them with my five senses. I know them because they have come, become part of me. I love the Jewish way of looking at it. Because, yes, it means I have rational... See, we, we're called to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. We were created in God's image to be able to love God in every way possible. This is the way we were created to do this. Nothing was left to chance. God created us with the ability to know Him, to love Him, and to serve Him. We just needed to surrender. We needed to accept the truth and believe the truth. So when we, when we know God, it means I know Him intellectually. I know Him emotionally, and I know him experientially. This is huge when you're talking about purpose. See, because I, since I know God so well, I don't doubt my purpose. I can't. Because he's part of me. And because he's part of me, purpose is natural. Supernaturally natural in me. I can't help but fulfill my purpose because I know my God. I'm getting excited. I don't know. Wow, Jesus said this. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth. You will understand it. You will perceive it. You will experience it emotionally and, 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 and all your senses will know what this truth is all about because you know me. And knowing me will set you free. And if we're free, and if we're loving God with everything that we were, were created to love Him with, everything that, that makes us us, then purpose is a no-brainer. Purpose is becomes, I don't want to say easy, but it can't be separated from who we are. It just can't be. Because it's part of who we are. Because He's part of us. And here's the thing. God is our purpose. He is our purpose. And so when we know that God is our purpose, we don't have to worry about ours. We could just live to know Him and to love people. 
in the way that he has designed us personally and individually to do that. It might be through an occupation. It might do be through teaching. It might be through fixing someone's bathroom. It might be all kinds of things and everything in between, but it's about using our whole life is our purpose for the glory of God. I don't know about you, but that makes it a whole lot easier for me. That Jewish word for no also means that it's an active relationship and it's ongoing. It's active and it's ongoing. So my mind is, is being renewed by the word so I, I get to understand his word. I get to understand him more intellectually, which is important and, and huge. But because it's an ongoing relationship him, he affects every emotional aspect of my life so that it's totally whole and healed in him so I can love myself the way that I'm supposed to and I can love him the way that he's supposed to and I can love people the way they need to be loved as well. Because every aspect of, my, of who I am now knows the truth and the truth has set me free. Knowing God changes everything. John thirteen thirty five says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples. Same word. Will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. People will experience the genuine personal love of God when they see the church love the way it was designed to love. They will experience it. Now, they still have to choose it. They, just, they still have to believe it. But they, this scripture says they will experience by the way we love each other. Wow. Kind of changes that a little bit, doesn't it? You have great impact in this world. You have great influence in the world. And maybe this is the first time you actually realize how great your influence is in this world. But don't underestimate your value to this planet. Please don't. Don't walk out of this room today thinking that you're less of anything. You've been given everything that you need for life and godliness, the Bible says. Everything. Not some things, not a few things. Everything you've been given to walk out of this and make a difference somewhere in the world tomorrow. Don't underestimate your value to this planet. You're still here, right? Has anyone left in the last 30 seconds? Maybe you fell asleep. I'm sorry for that, but that's not, not, your, that's not your fault. That's mine. But if you're still breathing tomorrow morning, you have a purpose. Don't underestimate it. Don't let the enemy under, lie to you anymore because the truth will set us the truth about who you are, your value in Christ, sets you free. Don't let the enemy lie to you anymore. Don't let it happen anymore. You have so much value, potential, purpose. You just need to live like you know that. And now you know this. And now you're responsible for this. Not because I said it, but because his word says it. Forget what I say. Don't forget what his word says. Amen. 
First John 4, 7 through 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Same word, knows God. And anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. This is why we're here. When we love what God loves, we're worshiping Him. When we love what God says to love, and God says to love everybody, love our enemies, when we're doing what God does, and God shows us how to do that, we are worshiping Him and fulfilling our purpose. This is good stuff. Later today, read Jeremiah 29.7. I'm going to read it real quick. So did you have it? 29.7 says this, But seek the peace of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for its peace. You will find your peace. Please, please read that later on. Yes, that, that is in the context of Israel being sent into exile in Babylon. We have not been sent to exile in Babylon. And I, but I believe we can learn something from that passage. I'm just, I just want you to read that. And I think you'll get it. I think you'll get it. But I want to talk a little bit about knowing God and loving people and what it means for High Park. I don't, want to, I don't want to miss this part. It has a lot to do with what Ron shared two weeks ago about, from, the, from Nehemiah and about building the wall. And that, that phrase, you know, so we built. Is here's, now, we're, built, we're not building a wall we're building bridges. This is, our, this is the thing that we do as, a, as a, a small body of believers. I want you to know something. You know, when, when, I, when I get to brag on you guys a little bit and I get to talk about um, what, what God has done through us and in us, the next question that usually follows or soon after that is, well, how many people come to your church? And I usually don't like those conversations because I don't really want to talk about church in that way, but... And I tell them we're about 30 strong and they just, they don't believe it. Because it's not about us. It's about what God does. It's about what God does. Daniel 11:32 says this, is the second part of that verse. It says, the people who know their God, same word, shall be strong and carry out great exploits. It's not about us. Things that God has accomplished in the past you know, eight years, nine years is because of God, not because of us, but we need to be obedient to what God is asking us to do. There's many great exploits to do in Hyde Park. <laughs> Purpose identifies vision. And here is the vision statement that we had We build bridges that glorify God and transform lives and impact the world. That's what we're about. That's what we have been about. I just want to read you some things about High Park that maybe you didn't know. High Park has a population of about approximately 21,000 people. That's all of High Park. In the village of High Park, there's about 
slightly over 2,000 people. So you've got 21,000 that live in High Park, and then you got it just in the village where we are right now, about 2,000 people, slightly over 2,000 people. In 2016, the average household income of High Park residents was around $75,000. That doesn't sound too bad. That sounds actually pretty good. But but almost 10% of High Park residents live below the poverty line. In the village, it's over 12%. Right here. The largest demographic living in poverty are females 12 to 14. That one blew my mind. And 70%, and this will make sense to them, 70% of unwed mothers in High Park live below the poverty level. So we can see where those two things are connected. I did not read those stats to depress us, but to make us aware that we have great opportunity to impact this town. I don't know how to do that. God does. God does. You know what? We, we, we have done some wonderful things as a group of people, and I'm so, so proud. You know, we, we continue to help the Potter's House in Poughkeepsie, and we, we, we continue to break down racial barriers, and we, we're working on not only racial reconciliation, but denominational reconciliation. We're, we're trying to invest in, in areas of our community by working with other churches and what they're doing. We don't want to recreate the wheel. We've said all that, and that is all good, but God is going to ask us to do something more because we can because we know our purpose and because we want to impact the city where we live. We want to seek the peace, the shalom of where we live. See, the word shalom, basically when you wish someone shalom, you are wishing them total health, total wholeness, total relational wholeness, financial Wholeness. When you're saying shalom, this is what you're wishing someone. And God asks us to pray for the shalom of the city where he sent us. We're not in exile here, but we live here. We worship here. Roger doesn't live here, but he, he worships here. But essentially, we live here when we're here. So what I'm going to ask, when, I know we're going a little late here, and so I'm going to release you, but but this is what I really want us to do. If you would, fast and pray. I don't know how long God wants you to fast and pray. You let God work that out with you. But I believe God wants to, to give us a specific, detailed plan how to address those issues. I, I don't know how to address those issues. I'm, I'm just not that intelligent. But he is. I know what I would like to do, but I want to do what God wants to do. And I believe as we fast and pray as a congregation, as we fast and pray and seek God's face, God's going to tell us how to, to deal with that, to, to impact those stats. And there are others to share. This is a small town, but there's a lot going on in a small town. But you know what? 
We have a purpose. To know God and to love people. And because we understand our purpose and because God's going to make our, our purpose real and solid and, and so grounded in who we are in Christ Jesus, we are not only have made a difference in this community, we're going to continue to make a difference in this community for His glory. Not so that Bridge Builders gets to be known and as if this great church or anything like that. I know that's not what we're about. But we're called here. And God has made something aware to us. So, pray. Fast and pray. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Keep a journal next to you. And come with ideas. Come with possibilities. Come with dreams. So that we can look at this and we can say, okay, we can't do this alone. And I, I guarantee you, we will not be doing this alone. We will be partnering with other churches in this community to do this. Because that's part of our purpose too. But let's dream about this. Let's plan. Let's strategically... I was speaking in tongues there for a minute. Strategically connect with God. So that he can, so that we can know him in this particular thing. Does that sound, does that resonate? Does that speak to your spirit? I know God wants to do something. I know he loves those people so desperately. And he loves us desperately. So that's a whole lot of love. That's a whole lot of love. I know I'm not going to sing the song. No. <laughs> but it is. And I don't want us to leave this place without really, really knowing what our purpose is. But God's going to do that for you. But let Him. And when you fast and pray, please come back with ideas. Please come up with suggestions. I'm not saying all those will be the things that we do. But you know what? I don't want this to be about me. I want this to be about us. Because we're going to, as a church, as a body of believers, as brothers and sisters together, going to make an impact somehow. And God's going to show us. Amen? Amen. 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 Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for showing up (laughs) and loving on us and dealing with us and and, and treating us and exhorting uh, exhorting us into your presence. Uh, I love when we draw near you, draw near to us. So I ask for my brothers and my sisters today that you would bless them as they leave, that you would bless them financially, you would bless them relationally, you would bless their health, you would bless every avenue of their life. I pray, Father, that we will remember your words today, that we will set aside time to to fast and pray about what you would like us to to do, to respond to, how you will want us to act. Because faith is action. We ask for your we ask for your guidance. We ask for your leading. And we trust you for that. So I pray for my brothers and sisters again that no matter where they go this week, they will drip Jesus wherever they go. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.